today on Ag News Daily. Corley, what breed are these cows? Charlotte. 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 <laughs> We're still working on our pronunciation skills over here. Well, I'm fourth grade. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to another installment of the Ag News Daily Podcast. It's your host, Ashton Carr and Delaney Howell. Delaney, did you like my new little intro there, the installment of the Ag News Daily Podcast? Yes, that was very good, Ashton. I have to admit, I stole it from another podcast that I've been listening to, but hopefully that's okay. That's We will steal any... You know, copying is the largest form of flattery, Ashton. You are certainly right, Delaney. You have a a good point there. I was hoping that I wasn't going to get in trouble for copying somebody else's idea, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. And it's not copyrighted, so we can copy whatever we'd like to in that sense. Well, Delaney, before we get started talking about some news here, I do want to mention, of course, that today we are sponsored by DPH Biologicals. To unharness your soil's fertility to maximize yield, visit dphbio.com. But with that announcement out of the way, Delaney, it's time to talk some news, but I have a feeling you're going to want to talk about some Christmas favorites before we get into that. Uh, You guessed correctly, Ashton. Well, let's hear it. What what do you have in store for today? Okay, so this one is a good one, I think. And I guess I don't even know if you decorate your apartment for Christmas. Our house is definitely decked out in Christmas decor. But I'm curious, what is your favorite Christmas ornament? Like, what's that one ornament you always have to make sure gets hung up on your tree? So, you know, I don't decorate my apartment. Well, I do, but my tree is probably not even two feet tall and it just sits on one of my end tables. But I have, you know, my dad's house and my mom's house. And over at my mom's house, there's a cute little Christmas tree ornament of me when I was in preschool. We had a monkey come to school for some reason, and we made Christmas (laughs) ornaments out of these photos, and they're just really funny. And one of my younger sisters thinks it's hilarious to say that there's two little monkeys on that ornament. And I think it's just one of my favorites because we joke about it every single year. But another one over at my dad's house, my stepmom, her grandma, so my great, great, my great, it's her great grandma. I'm trying to do the math in my head, but either way, it's my great, great grandmother. She had these really pretty old plastic, like mini nativity scene ornaments and they're super old. So we keep them in their own separate box. And I just love them because my stepmom loves them so much. They mean so much to her. So it always brings me joy to see her have the smile on her face, putting those on the Christmas tree. Well, those are both really good stories, Ashton. What about you, Delaney? I'm excited to hear yours. So as I think most of our listeners know who've listened to the podcast religiously, um, parents sold our farm a couple of years ago. So during that time, we had to do a complete clean out of the house, my parents' farmhouse. And so my mom got rid of and downsized a lot of her Christmas decorations. So there were a lot that I took just because as I put them up every year, it just reminds me of like Christmas memories as a little kid. But one of my favorites that she has are these glass ornaments that kind of look like candy canes. And I'm always nervous to set them out because I've broken a few of them because they are glass. And so many ornaments now are plastic. 
but that's one of my favorite ornaments to put up. And, you know, I was thinking about this this morning on my way home from the gym because I avidly listen to Christmas music during Christmas season. And it's so crazy how when you're little, Christmas is so magical and you wake up and there's Santa Claus. And then not that it's not magical when you're older, but I think there's a part of me that loves those decorations from my family's Christmases growing up just because they bring back those great childhood memories. Absolutely. Delaney, I love doing some of the normal traditions that we do here, but as things are changing, our family is kind of changing as well because the kids are getting older. So we have some new traditions that we've been doing, but I love Christmas. It's probably my favorite time of year. It certainly is mine as well, Ashton. And folks, we have just two podcasts left in the holiday season this week, and then we're off until 2022. So without further ado, Ashton, let's kick it over into some news for today. And folks, before I get to my first story here, I wanted to remind you, of course, that we are sponsored today by by DPH Biologicals. If you're looking for an alternative to starter fertilizer, DPH Biologicals offers a competitive alternative for broad acre crops without sacrificing yield. Refined across millions of acres, TerraTrove combines microbes, plant extracts, and algae to offer the most complete biofertility solution. To unharness soil fertility and maximize yield, visit dphbio.com to learn more. Ashton, I want to kick things off here today with a little bit of market-related news because we've seen now corn and soybeans break through that psychological barrier of $6 and $12, respectively. And we're continuing to see strength into today. However, one industry that's really been watched closely over the past couple of months has been natural gas and the natural gas markets as the macro markets are continuing to trade any sort of news related to COVID and COVID variants. But this is a fresh piece of news that does not have anything to do with COVID. So I thought I'd mention it here. Europe's gas prices have jumped to a record high as key pipelines from Russia have flowed to a halt. On Tuesday, the European gas prices jumped to an all-time high after the natural gas pipeline between Russia and Germany reversed flow eastward and freezing temperatures took hold in many parts of Europe. Now, they've been quickly scrambling to get that fixed. It's kind of crazy that a whole pipeline would completely freeze over. You know, I, I have to be honest, I don't know what that temperature would be to get it frozen, but I would think pretty dang cold to see that flow uh completely freeze over. But nonetheless, that's certainly pushed natural gas prices up there in Europe. And we've also seen natural gas prices continue to push higher here in U.S. marketplaces as well. So certainly a lot of impacts in the macro markets that are going on right now at a high level that haven't yet at least played out too much in the commodity market scene. Well, Delaney, no matter how cold or what temperature it was, I don't think I'd really want to be in that cold of an environment, to be honest. No. And uh, I feel sorry for those folks that were having to fix this issue. You know, when I first read the headline, I thought, honestly, Ashton, that perhaps perhaps Russia had put some sort of new policy in place that stopped the pipeline. So I was a little uh, happy to hear that there was no sort of geopolitical issue like that. It was really just Mother Nature. 
Well, Delaney, I'm going to bring things back to the U.S. here and talk about Culver's. We don't have a Culver's near me. We used to when I was growing up, but it closed down. So I'm kind of familiar with the restaurant. But Culver's says that it raised $500,000 this year in its Thank You Farmers project for a total of $3.5 million over the past eight years. Culver says that this money that has been raised through promotions directly supports people making a positive impact in the food and ag industry. The projects include an FFA essay contest, local share nights to support organizations like FFA, and the scoops of Thanks Day, which offers customers a scoop of frozen custard for every dollar every May 6th. So I was happy to hear that. Some good news right now, of course, but I thought that it was pretty interesting that they were doing this kind of project. And you know what? I think that I would like to see more of these Thank You Farmer type projects more often. Yeah, that certainly is a good piece of feel-good news here as we head into the holiday season. But Ashton, this is not such a good piece of feel-good news, but interesting nonetheless. Drovers reported that a Colorado man has been sentenced to $5 million in his cattle Ponzi scheme. This cattle Colorado rancher was sentenced to also 41 months in federal prison after pleading guilty to a cattle Ponzi cattle Ponzi scheme that defrauded more than 100 investors out of nearly $5 million. Richard Sears, 73, entered a guilty plea last May to one court to one count each of mail fraud and one count of money laundering and faced a maximum of 30 years of imprisonment on those two charges alone. But he's agreed to repayment uh, of those terms to investors in exchange for federal prosecutors dropping the nine other charges that were part of this uh, loss or part of this court case. He essentially what he did here was used investors cash to purchase red Angus cows that he would then lease back to mate with different bulls and this bull in particular is kind of, I think, why it drew such an attention. It's a Rama. Okay, I might not pronounce this correctly, but Ramagnala bulls, which is apparently traced back to the late 19th century into a region of Italy. So very impressive lineage of this bull. And prosecutors said that Sears offered to handle managing the herd and cover all costs related to their care. But in turn was not necessarily using that money to purchase bulls, like he said he was. He instead purchased heifers using the investor's entry fee, then bred and cared for the heifers and kept them as calves and wasn't necessarily paying investors their full annual amount and was pretty was not disclosing what he, exactly he was doing with that money and wasn't using it as he intended to be using it. So a couple of different charges there. But like I said, he got a lot of them dropped and really only faces a couple of them now and some time in prison. So certainly not a great story, but we're hearing a lot of those more and more. And I'm curious to know if any of our listeners have any thoughts about why we're seeing so many more of these stories in the news. Do you think it's actually because this is happening or do you think it's because media is just sensationalizing these stories? I'd be curious to see what our listeners think. 
I would be curious as well, Delaney. And, you know, that's a tough piece of news to follow up because my next story isn't really hard hitting, not too interesting, but I think definitely one that we have really been keeping an eye out on here. And it's following the dicamba situation because we have now seen a new EPA report indicate that despite extensive dicamba drift damage this year that was reported, the herbicide should be available for over-the-top use in 2022. The EPA says there was little change in the number, severity, or geographic extent of dicamba-related incidents compared to before EPA's October 2020 registration this decision. If you want to go and read a little bit more about that EPA report, be my guest. But like I said, it wasn't super exciting, but I thought that our listeners ought to know since we have been following that piece of news. That is certainly interesting. I saw that as well hit the news wires, Ashton. So I'm glad that you shared that with our listeners. The only real piece of news I have left to share for today, however, is some news here in the seed industry. Bex is going to be buying a 150-acre facility in eastern Nebraska. Bex, which is the largest family-owned retail seed company and the third largest seed brand in the United States, is acquiring this new facility in Goner, Nebraska, which is located between Lincoln and York. And this site is intended to provide farmers out there in the West with Availability to support sales, distribution, and some on-farm research. And not to make too much of a colored comment, but I did see on a Facebook group I'm part of today that one farmer reacted to this news by sharing that he hopes uh, seed prices and the availability of traits and breeds that they would need out there in his neck of the woods are improved with this new location. So that is certainly one hope for farmers out there. Well, we're rounding things out here with another piece of feel-good news today. You know, Delaney, you've been reporting on the severe weather and the wildfires that we saw come out of Kansas. And the Kansas Livestock Association reported earlier today that donations to their relief fund had exceeded half a million dollars. All the proceeds from this will be used to help producers and a total of 396 donations were made from December 15th through the 21st. Tyson and Cargill each contributed $100,000 to the fund and KLA reported that donations to the fund stood at $570,748 on Tuesday. So another piece of feel good news to kind of wrap up our segment for today. Fantastic, Ashton. Well, I certainly don't have any other news this this afternoon aside from the markets. What do you say we hop in here and chat markets? Let's do it. Well, as I mentioned, you know, I've been covering markets for successful farming this week. So I've been paying much closer attention to markets multiple times throughout the day, as opposed to just maybe a handful here and there. And really markets are alive and they are excited here heading into 2022. Now, of course, there have been a couple of reasons for that. Really continued trade on South American concerns has been the big driver. But also, it was interesting to see how markets have reacted to this Omicron variant news. And largely, they've traded that news and continued to push higher. And we did see finally, for the first time since July, corn got above $6 and finished the day there, which is certainly Interesting and exciting news here for the commodity markets, but Ashton kicking things off here in the March corn contract today up four and a quarter cent to close at 602 and a half. 
the May up four and three quarters, closing the day at 6.04. And just to mention it here, the DEES contract up a penny and a half to close at 5.51 and a half. So there's still quite a bit of premium built into these front month contracts and not so much in the December as we're still seeing that demand for corn to come to the marketplace now. In the January contract, soybeans up 20 and three quarters cents on the day to close at 1328 and three quarters. The March up 22 and a quarter cents, closing at 1335. In the March wheat pits today, added 15 cents, closing at 814. The May up 16 cents, closing at 817 and three quarters. Hopping over to take a look at the livestock markets today, certainly saw that continued strength carry over into the livestock markets as well. With February live cattle up 45 cents on the day to close at a buck 37.37. The April up 77 and a half cents, closing at 142.12 and a half. In the feeder cattle markets today, the January contract up 92 and a half cents, closing at 161.77 and a half. The March up 10 cents, closing at 161.92 and a half. Hopping over into lean hogs, the strength continued there as well as the February lean hog contract added 92 cents, closing at 83.35. The April up a buck 12 and a half to close at 86.70. And lastly, dairy was not impacted negatively today. And we saw them close higher on the day as well to have a full sweep higher day across all ag commodities. The January contract added 43 cents today, closing at 16.92. The February up 34 cents, closing at 20.07. Ashton, without further ado, let's kick it over to our conversation with your sister. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest. You guys have heard me talk about her numerous times. It's my younger sister, Corley. Cora, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, Corley, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how old you are, what grade you're in, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm nine years old. Um, I'm in fourth grade. I do. I ride horses and I show pigs. So you show pigs. This is your second year showing pigs, right? Yes, in major shows. At major shows. So how long have you been just doing jackpot shows? Probably like since I was like three years old, maybe. So what's your favorite part about showing pigs? Mm, my favorite part. Hmm. That's a hard question. I think my favorite part is um, just getting to be with the pigs and just having fun with the pigs. So what does your duties look like in the barn when you're doing chores with dad? What do you guys do down there? Well, I walk pigs um, and then I help him feed and we just hang out. You just hang out? You don't do any work? We do do work. But you guys like having fun together? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about you riding horses, because that's something new for you, huh? Yes. So what's your favorite part about riding? Um, My favorite part 
is, I don't really know. It's all super fun. What made you want to start riding? Well, on my mom's side of the family, they do rodeos. Um, And then my grandpa on my dad's side, he did cutting courses. So I just wanted to start riding. And And you've had some success, huh? You've won a buckle recently. Uh Uh-huh. I won a buckle in my age group with play days. What's a play day? A play day is where you do like pulls, barrels, and then peppermint twist. But peppermint twist is two barrels and then three pulls. So do you think you're going to be a big time rodeo queen one of these days? I don't know. Do you want to do barrels? What's what's the deal? Do you want to keep riding or is this just something you're going to do as a kid? I want to keep riding. Do you have any goals or anything for your rodeo career? I want to try to go a little bit faster sometimes, but I don't really know. Well, Corley, before we get on to the next question with you being such a chatty Kathy here, I want to go ahead and put a pause and talk about our sponsor for today, who is DPH Biologicals. Folks, if you're looking for an alternative to starter fertilizer, DPH Biologicals offers a competitive alternative for broad acre crops without sacrificing yield. Be sure to check out our interview with DPH Biologicals to learn more about their complete biofertility platform, TerraTrove. To unharness soil fertility and maximize yield, visit dphbio.com to learn more. So, Corley, let's talk about what you want to be when you grow up, because there's a couple of things that you have in mind, right? Yes. I want to be a vet and then be like an ag teacher or be a game warden. I don't really know. Not many young girls have the goal of being a game warden. What's up with that? Why do you want to be a game warden? Because um, me and my dad and my mom and sometimes with you, we watch Lone Star Law. And um, I just think it's really cool how they protect the animals and stuff. But I think it'll be super fun because I get to meet a game warden. You get to meet a game warden. Well, so my, me and Ashton's oldest sister, um, she's getting married in June. And at the venue she picked, a game warden is like the security guard. So I get to meet Randolph McGee. And um, our dad knows Randolph McGee also, so... Well, Corley, you might just turn out to be a broadcaster yourself because you asked for a podcasting mic for Christmas. Is that right? Yes, it is. And why'd you do that? Um, I don't really know. I thought it was cool. And now that I'm thinking about it, I... Don't really know what I was going to do with it, though, but I think now I want to start a podcast. Oh, yeah? You get a little shy, though. I don't know if you could make it. (laughs) Well, I think it'd only be me. Okay, well, you heard it here, folks. You'll have to tune into Corley's podcast if and when she ever does it. (laughs) 
Well, Corley, what is all about your love for animals? It's obvious that you have one because you ride horses, which you love a lot. You show your pigs. And we also have some cows out that we have not talked about yet. We'll get to that in a minute. But why do you love animals so much? Where does that come from? I think it's from my grandparents, but I don't know. I just love hanging out with the animals. They're so sweet. And... um. You can always, like, help them sometimes if they're hurt, but I just love animals so much. Okay, so like I mentioned there, we have some cows out that we haven't talked about before. So why don't you give us the rundown of all of our blondies out in the backyard, basically? So we have one cow that I named CJ, one that is named Ashley, with, and she has horns, one that's named Baby, and one that named and one that is named Hazel. Why don't you go ahead and tell them what CJ stands for? CJ stands for Corley Jr. And I think that it's pretty fitting because if you guys ever met CJ or Corley, they act about as bratty as the other. But Corley, what breed are these cows? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlie's. Charlie's. <laughs> We're still working on our pronunciation skills over here. I'm in fourth grade. (laughs) And these are cows, right? They're not heifers? Yes, because they had babies this summer. What about the babies? What are their names? So Parker is Ashley's baby. And then Betty Sue is, um, or no, yeah, baby's baby. Um, CJ, her baby is Buddy, and then Austin um, is is Hazel's baby, and that's the order that they were born. Parker was born first, then Betty Sue, then Buddy, then Austin. How do you remember all these things? Because I don't even remember that. Well, because um, I keep track of it. I just don't know. My friends want me to explain it a lot because they always forget, so I just remember. So what do you say to your friends when they ask you about all this ag stuff? Because we kind of live in the suburbs. You go to a bigger school. So a lot of these people, they're not raised the same way as you, are they? No. (laughs) So what do you say to them when you try to explain some of these things and let them know that this stuff is actually fun, even though it's basically your chores? Well, how I explain it to them is like, so with the pigs, you... Basically, I show them with a whip, but they're always like, so you like smack your pigs with the whip? And I'm like, no, you just try to tap them. And then they always think you like slap the pigs with the whip, but that's not true. And then with my cows, I just tell them that they're in the back pasture and they love to eat grass. And I explain like all the names for the cows. And yeah. So one more thing that you do, Corley, you raise chickens, which I think is absolutely crazy. Why do you think it's crazy? Because I hate birds. And you know this. <laughs> um, Ashton, I remember one time that you actually were out in the chicken scoop coop and you were squatting down and a chicken literally like jumped on your back. That's true. And it was a horrible experience. But it was funny. Not for me. It was funny for me. (laughs) So what do you do with these chickens? 
So what we do is we just raise them and we let them. So we started letting them out when they got older. But now the problem is they come up to the house. And they are on the porch and they get into the garage and it's a total mess now. But they are um, hens that lay eggs. So they aren't like hens that we don't have a rooster. So, yeah. Well, Corley, we did some practice questions yesterday and you had some questions for me. So is there anything you want to ask? Yes. So, Ashton. What made you want to um, do podcasting? Well, podcasting slash audio work slash broadcast is something that I had never done before. So when I was looking for an internship during the start of the pandemic, I applied to this one. Delaney and I clicked and here we are. Okay. And when you, I remember when I was, a baby and you showed cows and pigs what made you want to do that or did dad just make you <laughs> well did dad just make you I don't really know but I want I wanted to do it so that's all well back in my day dad basically made me start showing when I was three as well there was one year I don't know if I ever told you this that I had a pig poop on my shoe and I was so mad that I quit for about a year the next year I made him go ahead and get some more pigs because I still wanted them but yeah it was just a me and dad thing that's how we bonded and then in the sixth grade I started showing cattle and the rest is history so, what made you so mad about this pig pooping on your shoe? I don't know. I was like eight years old, maybe. Not even. Well, last year, I was like eight-ish, nine-ish at a show, and my pig pooped all over me before I was in the show ring. I didn't get mad, so why'd you get mad? I don't know. You're a little more country than me. You can handle it a little better, I think. Well, I mean, it was pretty gross, pretty gross. I mean, and I was about to go in the show ring, so. Well, Cor, I think that's about it. I don't think we should gross our audience out more by talking about the disgusting things that happen on the farm. But there is one more thing that I wanted to ask you. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so we are getting in the Christmas spirit because Christmas is just around the corner here. So I want to know what your favorite Christmas tradition is. Um, it's probably going to my grandma's house on Christmas Eve and just hanging out with her. But then I like to also set out cookies for Santa. Um, and I also just love to open gifts on Christmas and hang out with my family, celebrate Jesus. And I just love to have fun. Well, again, folks, that's my younger sister, Corley. She does turn 10 on Monday. So we're getting into the double digits here, making me feel a little bit old. But Corley, thanks again for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thanks again there to Corley for coming on and joining us to chat today. She got a little shy there in the beginning, so I kind of had to pull some things out of her, but she's a character to say the least. 
yeah, I'm disappointed that she got a little gun shy and she didn't feel comfortable talking to me. I totally understand. I guess I can be intimidating to interview with. No, just kidding. I was thinking this afterwards too. I think maybe it would have helped if she could have seen me while we were chatting. Probably. She has always kind of been shy, but once you get to know her and talk to her for a minute, she just chats and chats and chats. I think that our audio ended up being 20 minutes in total, and I kind of had to trim some of that off, but it was an interesting conversation, and I think it's always fun to kind of see what the world of agriculture looks like through her eyes. And now she has this to always listen back to someday since, of course, it's digitized. I mean, I guess I don't know where we'll be in 10, 15 years when she's an adult, hopefully working in the ag industry, but she'll at least have this good memory to reflect back on. Good, bad, or otherwise, I suppose. (laughs) Absolutely, Delaney. And folks, you can always look back on any of our past Ag News Daily episodes at agnewsdaily.com or wherever you get your podcasts. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.